electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with David Faber of the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer's out west at One Market in San Francisco for a big week of tech coverage. Meantime, futures are solid on a busy day in Washington. The president signs the infrastructure bill. House is back from recess. A big week for retail earnings. And some cooling in the oil market got crude below 80 and gasoline futures uh, 10% off the highs. Our roadmap begins with the five-week winning streak broken. Stocks look to resume their rally at the open. Plus, Musk versus Sanders, the Tesla CEO trolling the senator on Twitter saying, quote, I keep forgetting you're still alive. And control COVID, control inflation. The Treasury Secretary saying the end of inflation depends on the U.S. pandemic response. First, though, uh, let's get to Jim. Talk about uh, why he's out west and what you got planned for the week, Jim. Look, I think most of the leadership actually is out here. Uh, when you take a look right now about artificial intelligence, you take a look at the semiconductors. This is what's driving the market software. And I think that one of the things that people have forgotten is it's still a fang market. Uh, we are surprised there are given times that some aren't working. And, you know, I've had to adjust fang because of Google and because of Facebook. But it's a metaverse market. And, David, you know what's happening with the metaverse market? That means Roblox, that means Unity Software, and that means the old Facebook. It's what people want, David, and whether we like it or not, it's what's moving. Yeah, well, we've talked about it for weeks now, of course. Uh, Really, ever since, you know, it goes back to a number, Jim, and the number was $10 billion. uh, And that was the number we got during Facebook's last earnings report when the company indicated it was going to spend $10 billion dollars. You know, that's a number that most companies can't even come close to in terms of their annual CapEx spending. These guys just spending it basically, reducing income by like amount over the course of this year just to build the so-called metaverse. Well, look, you have to I need everyone to go to the NVIDIA Jensen Wong conference call, his keynote, where he explains to you a different metaverse. His is called Omniverse, which is about trying to get people so that they are uh, uh, it's about medical cure. It, it's about science. It's about speed to market. And I think that's what's driving that stock, David, not the um, worry about whether they get arm holdings or not. Right. Well, again, it has captured the imagination of investors over these last few weeks, really ever since it was introduced into the conversation. You've got to give Zuckerberg credit for that. We weren't talking metaverse until he decided to devote a lot of his conference call to it until we heard the $10 billion number. But since then, the biggest beneficiary seems to be NVIDIA, Jim, as we pointed out a number of times, quickly passing the $700 billion market value on its way to perhaps uh, $800 billion, uh, at least moving close. AMD also benefited in part because of a deal to provide chips. Roblox, you've mentioned. I don't know if there are any others or you're going to be you know, hearing about other companies that potentially uh, are also going to benefit from all this spending that's taking place that's to come still over these next few years. The U. The U. Unity Software. Uh, well, University of Miami, very good, but it's Unity Software. Carl, I, here's what I see happening. I see a belief 
that if you get on NVIDIA's platform, which is the uh, these giant graphics cards, then you're able to solve a lot of the world's problems, whether it be global warming, whether it be what to do with uh, carbon capture, uh, whether it be what to do with new vaccines. What, and by the way, the, the term inference is what he keeps using, Carl, which is the idea that if I told you, if I told a machine to go jump in the lake, the old ones, the machine would want to like go jump in Lake Erie. The new one recognizes that that is uh, satirical. And so, Carl, the new ones are better at being people than we are. Jim, I'm curious how you're thinking about tech stocks in general. Uh, over the weekend, Baycrest, who had been pretty cautious on the NDX, said uh, the inability to show further breakdown in the face of higher inflation data and interest rates has to be respected, and they're removing their cautionary call. You think that makes sense going into the year? Yeah, end? it makes a ton of sense because what's happening now, some of it I don't like. I mean, for instance, we got a Salesforce price bump. And why? Because the market's going higher is basically what they said, because we're now starting to pay more, starting to pay more for workday. I'm seeing this endlessly, which is that the cloud stocks, whether except for CrowdStrike, which got downgraded today, uh, the cloud stocks, people are in love with them. Uh, and I think that where we're coming, we're coming from, Carl, is the idea that uh, what do we do with the bank stocks? What do we do with the drug stocks? I mean, what do we do with uh, just in, in general, the industrials? Well, we don't know. So then we end up buying tech and we watch Microsoft up two dollars today on absolutely nothing. We watch Salesforce on a just on a price bump. Carl, these stocks are levitating and they tend to levitate until you're in because they have been anointed. They're anointed as winners, Carl. And there frankly is when something's anointed, it's not going to stop. Yeah, we will see. I mean, certainly, David, retail is going to get a big part of uh, the attention this week, as we get through Walmart and Target, I think 48 percent of retail is yet to report. It'll be interesting to see as well, of course, as we bring up or hear from these companies in terms of not just inflation, but supply chain issues and the plans, of course, for uh, the all important holiday season. I mean, uh, what are we a little week and a half away from uh, from Black Friday, right? Yeah. Uh, I think. Well, I think there was a, a headline item over the weekend about Amazon just Basically promoting delivery, right? Promoting on-time delivery because uh, the mindset of the consumer is that you've got to get in early if you want to get your goods for the holiday. Yeah. Um, we will see. Jim, I don't know if you're thinking about that. Interesting note from Morgan Stanley over the weekend. Uh, more about durable goods, but they say a sizable inventory build is coming. And that build is what they say is the greatest story for 2022 yet untold. That would be a big deal. Yes, <laughs> great inventory build. I love that. I mean, that's better. It replaces the great resignation. Remember that? We got to move forward. Now we got a great inventory build. Look, I think if you want to play holiday, you want to buy Best Buy, you want to buy Dick's, you want to buy Macy's, you want to buy Target, and you want to buy Amazon. Walmart, my travel trust owns it. David, you always love this when I self denigrate. I don't necessarily see Walmart yet as being a leader, and that's in part because they're spending a lot of money on uh, Walmart.com. That said, I think that Walmart has a great prospect for 2022 because they've spent a ton of money in 2021 to make it they're competitive. And, David, they want to pass Amazon. Possible? Uh, No. 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 Um, No? Not at all? No, but they can be competitive, right? They can be competitive. Yes. Brick and Mortar, David. Brick and Mortar and and Omni Channel. I mean, come on. They're made for each other. Right. Right. No. And as a percentage, it's funny. I think David Berman tracked these numbers. We had him on last week as a percentage of um, of total sales. Retail started to come back a bit. 
yes. versus Samsung, Apple, Amazon. And in part, it's because of the success of strategies like that at Walmart, where, again, the omni-channel is working, Jim. Uh, and the, you know, buy it online, pick it up at the store kind of model does seem to be effective. And Target's working. I want to stay close to Macy's. Remember, if borders are open, 25% of Macy's is Herald Square. So if borders are open and their uh, omni-channel continues, that stock's going to be cheaper than we think. Remember where it was. I know the chart looks like it's overextended, but you can put up Home Depot. You can put up Lowe's. It's very hard to find a chart that's not overextended in in, uh, retail, except for Walmart. Except for Walmart. Wait, you think Walmart's overextended? No, that one's the only one that hasn't moved. Oh, I'm sorry. Very, well, you okay, look at sorry. those I guests. I misinterpreted you, right. Yeah. Look at those guests. How did he get them? It's, I don't know how he does it, uh, Carl. How does he do it, really? Although I did interview Mike Worth not that long ago. Oh, okay. but, yeah. So okay. it's not that yeah. impressive. No, it's not that impressive. And <laughs> Gelsinger, I mean, by the way, you're having Gelsinger on? You, well, he's, does he know? Does he listen to the show at all, ever? No, but I listened to the conference call, so it's going to be interesting. I think that's great. I think that's great that he's willing to come on with you. You've obviously right? been uh, somewhat critical, uh, and so that makes for a much more interesting I think it's. I think it's great that Russell Wilson came back last night. Yeah, it didn't look so good. Oh, he was well, rusty. Okay. He was rusty. A little right. rusty. Well, a little out of practice. Yeah. I think uh, Intel it is going to be interesting, though. Uh, we your only conversation, Jim, I, with I, Intel, because of this news about the U.S. sort of uh, leaning against this move to increase production in China. We want yes. more production. Uh, we don't uh, necessarily want it in China. Yes, I thought that, that's why I said it, it, this could be uh, uh, very newsmaking because uh, President Biden has pushed back. Now, we want chips, uh, more chips in 2022. The way to do it is make them in China. But uh, that was uh, greeted coldly by the president. So we're going to have to stick close to that. And speaking of the president, we haven't even talked about, is he going to appoint Powell? We could play that game for a while. But if he doesn't appoint Powell, I think the market's going to have a tougher week. Yep. Journal says it's uh, basically a Powell-Brainerd uh, race, and we are looking for a decision, they say, maybe this week. Also, Jim, the, the Biden-Xi summit tonight, and oh. whether or not uh, Taiwan is the headline, whether or not easing tariffs may be the headline, there'll be a lot to watch uh, overnight. The headline is Boeing. You see, the, pre- the President Xi's so smart. They give you a little Boeing nod. And therefore, it makes it so that the beginning of the of the summit's good. But then when he starts talking about Taiwan, he's still talking about the one China. And he's not willing to do what President Trump did, which was to say to Xi, let's get started. Before we get started, I will drop a bomb on your head if you go after Taiwan. That's not the kind of language that, that, that David, that I find Biden uses. He doesn't do that bomb on you thing. Right, David? He doesn't. Biden doesn't. No, Biden doesn't do that. Boeing, you still, it's still in that charitable trust, right? It's still there. <laughs> yes, but now look. Suddenly yeah, look. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Because you know, they, the Chinese, look, the, the Airbus doesn't have enough planes. We had that story this morning. Uh, Boeing's got the planes. There's too many planes, as a matter of fact. So, I mean, the way to it is it the way to our heart, Carl, is still to do commerce with us? Or, or, or is Biden going to start talking about, say, human rights? Which means a lot to a lot of us. Yep. Uh, no, the, the, the Bloomberg piece about um, 
Uh, the MAX getting close to clearance to fly in China is one news item on Boeing. Uh, the other, of course, is a company VP saying they're pretty close to resuming deliveries of the 787, which would be big news. A couple of big things in uh, the world of EVs, Jim. Obviously, we mentioned uh, Musk's replies to Bernie Sanders on Twitter over the weekend as we continue to watch his, uh, the pace of his sales. The other is that Lucid wins Motor Trend Car of the Year. Well, what I could do more than any else in the world is drive a Lucid, which is why we're going there tomorrow. Because I've decided that I'm driving like a line in the sand. I think Lucid is the great luxury EV. I know that those are often considered to be uh, oxymoronic, but I can't wait to get in there. Uh, I did go a zero to 80 in 0.76 or something, which then threw me in the back because it was like G-force. But I, I wasn't ready to kind of wasn't ready it's for a big it. Deal. David, I mean, it's the first time, Jim, it's the first time a first model, I think, has ever been car of the year. Of course, we've talked a lot about the stock itself. Which has been, um, which has just been a, a, a great one to own, really from the earliest days of the SPAC. Uh, it's made Michael Klein, uh, the SPAC sponsor, probably billion dollars right there. Multiplan hasn't really gone quite as well as he would have hoped, but Lucid has been home run after home run. Um, I do wonder, though, at a seventy-one plus billion dollar market value, very close to your favorite company, Ford's market value. Obviously, Rivian is far above them both. But uh, what your thoughts are when it comes to valuation? These these are not these are not technology. These are technology cars. They're not uh, internal combustion engines. Uh, Ford still got ICE. GM does too. If you want a high, it's, it's almost as if Ford were to close its combustion engines, the stock would go higher. Carl, I tire of the deal after deal after deal that makes it seem like that all these are going to have a lot of business. They're not. And notice, by the way, Rivian, big institutions seem to have gotten all they need. Now that one is uh, at the mercy of the people who bought it are thinking that they would come back again today. So it's Lucid's time. Again, Lucid tomorrow. Uh, I know that Peter Rawlinson is uh, not promotional whatsoever. <laughs> well, they did tweet out a video this morning, uh, basically touting, David, uh, fastest charging car mm-hmm. in the market, they argue, uh, and longest range, and yep. year one, as they would say. Listen, that's all, all true, it would appear at this point. It's a very high price point. I mean, Jim, where, where are we start? you know, with the dream, or if you get, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're starting at 80, right, and you're working it's up from there. It's like a BMW, I don't know, David, it's like it's BMW 5 class, you know. Yeah. Like the cost of my suit. <laughs> By the way, Mizuho uh, today with some figures on September global sales of EVs year on year up 114 uh, to 1.3 million units, Jim. 10 percent global penetration now. Uh, so we're starting to see some real numbers. Well, let's go back to what what uh, Musk said about uh, Senator Sanders, because I know he's not happy that the union Union car makers are getting a better deal if you buy them than non-union, uh, even though the non-union guys make more. That's I think that I think Musk has got the. Uh, I think I, th- I think if anyone else, if there are 317 million Americans now, 330 million that could not get away with what he said. Uh, David, it, 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 let's say you said it. D- don't you think yeah. that it would be um, ill-advised? Yes, but I'm in a very different position than is that man there, who is the wealthiest man in the world, uh, who is known for taking to Twitter and making statements of a similar type uh, that are, you know, not uh, that are uh, surprising. 
Um, but that's his. That's the way it's gone for him. It's worked, hasn't it, Jim? Well, I mean, it's worked. But we, we all, you know, perhaps, listen. He is. He's our greatest single entrepreneur, I guess you could say. I mean, we talk all about Tesla. Don't forget SpaceX. But, don't forget all the things that that he's done uh, and continues to do. He dreams it up, but then he does execute on a lot of these things. And but, promotion is a part of it. But, Without but Carl, effective there's only promotion, he doesn't raise the capital. Yeah, no, it's mean. How about respect? Carl, how about it's respect? Mean. Does that, like, not play any role? I mean, there's 100 senators. Doesn't Sanders get a little respect? Uh, am I off base with the respect thing? No, you're not. It's, it's, it's kind of nasty. I wouldn't like it if somebody said that about you. Why couldn't you say it about yourself? If you have some, <laughs> do you think you have some license because I'm not there? You think you do people know what I goes on during the dark you. commercials? Carl, no, this, I is, only a, this it is the kind of thing. You're a little bit older than I am. Needlessly provocative to Bernie than I am. That's yeah. all. It's mean. It was mean. Thank Bernie's you. very much alive. But you took a cheap shot at me, and then you talked about the rich guy, Michael Klein. What is with you? Do you have yeah. a bad weekend? No, I didn't. What do you mean? I gave him. I didn't. What are you talking about? No, it's that, that Schadenfreude. You do that thing. Like the billionaires? You're not in favor of the hedge fund billionaires. Carl, he's got a problem with the billionaires. I think he thinks there's too many. Carl, do we think the hedge fund billionaires need my support? Are they they in trouble? (laughs) They're they're counting on it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, it's only 6 in the morning there, so maybe he still needs needs his coffee. I don't know. He's a little cranky. (laughs) Give me an espresso. Well, get a lot more from Jim uh, out at One Market all day long. In fact, he's going to join us on Tech Check later this morning, which we can't wait for as well. In the meantime, futures look pretty good. Obviously, coming off a losing week last week uh, after a nice string of weekly gains. We'll see how much holds when we get the opening bell in less than 15 minutes. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. S&P gainers pre-market on this Monday morning. You'll see Dollar Tree right at the top. Little activist activity upgrade over at Deutsche Bank. Faber's got a lot more on this in a couple of minutes when Squawk on the Street returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back, guys. I don't know if you watched 60 Minutes last night. Big story, of course, lead. And it's interesting as a reflection overall, given that general news program on supply chain. Uh, spending a lot of time with people we hear from all the time, whether it's from the Port of L.A. or Ryan Kavanaugh. Uh, uh, but everybody pointing fingers at everybody else for what it continued to be, these significant supply chain disruptions. We mentioned it in light of retail in our last conversation, potentially the building inventories, at least many of the retailers hope that will be the case. But it also, Jim, ties up with inflation. I'm sure you saw the journal story today as well, starting to question even more strongly the case that the Fed really can not move. Um, and then you've got beneficiaries of it as well. You know, uh, I mean, this is going to continue to be the story on a macro level, Jim, and whether or not the Fed really can hold the line here without actually getting more aggressive in the nearer term. To see oil continue this trajectory down, uh, supplies getting a little bigger. Uh, maybe, as Senator Schumer said, the president has to do something with the uh, strategic petroleum reserve. But there are some companies that are just crushing it when it comes to supply chain. Zebra's doing it, Honeywell's doing it. Watch out, NVIDIA has a device that will make it so that people are that, uh, kind of outmoded in warehouses uh, and machines yeah. go twice as fast. They're all artif- uh, b- built by artificial intelligence. It's the secret to the warehouse problem. But when it comes to the unload problem, Carl, I still see nothing, nothing on the horizon to be able to make it so that that's taken care of. Meantime, uh, B of A had a note about Vietnam over the weekend, uh, where a lot of our footwear and apparel is made, Jim. And I don't know if you know this, but vax rate over there is 30 percent. Some of the rules are still very strict at factories. They think that a further um, 5 percent price hike in footwear and apparel is plausible. Uh, You know, I mean... Uh, what is the U.S. supposed to do, uh, short of getting vaccines to Vietnam themselves? Well, I mean, that's actually not a bad idea. Foot Locker reports on Friday. Uh, there will be a lot of talk this week about uh, apparel and what's going up too much. Uh, Nike stock was initially hurt by this and, and hurt by some uh, fears of China. Subsequently, the fears of China have not come about because, believe it or not, Nike's shoes are regarded as uh, the province of the middle class. It's not the middle class that the government's after. Uh, Nike seems it, 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 impervious right. to this news, Carl. Impervious. It's almost as if people decided that Nike is the one to own for apparel going into the holiday. And I'm not going to disagree with it. Uh, Guys, I did want to end with, uh, you know, just replaying a couple of the uh, thoughts we got last week from two leaders in the industrial economy. At least Dave Cody had been. Vertiv is still a very important company when it comes to data centers. And we heard from Larry Culp. Jim, you know, it's worth listening again because both of them hit the theme hard in terms of supply chain and inflation. Take a listen. The supply chain challenges the world over, material, logistics, labor, are very real. I can't tell you today, unfortunately, that things are getting better. I'm not convinced they're necessarily getting worse, but they're challenging. And we have every expectation that they will be challenging, at least through the next several quarters. We're starting to see our data centers that are going to be unable to be completed because there's no construction labor. At the same time, you're dealing with uh, aggressive inflation. Most of us as business leaders have been saying for months, this is not transitory. This is not a two-month issue. You're going to be dealing with this for a while. You're starting to see it in the labor market. And I find it astounding that our political solution to this economic fire we have right now is to pour gasoline on it. 
And Carl, that gets back to the debate about the current two trillion potential social infrastructure bill and whether that will in some way be inflationary. Yeah, Larry Summers with a good thread this morning. And he's been a, he's been hawkish on inflation, but says that this bill uh, over the time period is not a strong inflationary force. Uh, opening bell just a few moments away. Barry Diller uh, arriving in court today as uh, Sean Rad and other co-founders of Tinder uh, accuse his companies of, quote, lies, deception, bullying and cheating, uh, seeking to two billion dollars in damages, uh, arguing that the mobile's companies have cheated them out of billions. We'll talk more about that perhaps later on today. There's the opening bell and the CNBC Real Time Exchange at the big board. It's U.S. Steel celebrating its 120th anniversary at the NASDAQ. It is Qualcomm celebrating its investor day. Jim, uh, two companies we try to pay a lot of attention to. Look, I, I think that when you think about the steel companies, you first think about Nucor, which my uh, Chapel Trust owns, uh, which we follow, of course, from the investment club. Uh, and then I think about uh, Cliffs, and only then do I think about U.S. Steel. But I've got to tell you that if you want to know about about Apple. The only company I've ever heard voice the name Apple is Qualcomm. David, you know that Qualcomm has always had a contentious relationship with Apple, but they, at their analyst meeting, I think can tell a very positive story about 5G. Yeah. Uh, They have had a contentious relationship, but it's a better relationship now than it's probably ever been in many ways, Jim. New CEO Um, doesn't hurt. A friendly CEO. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. Obviously, Qualcomm last quarter uh, had a very strong uh, re- report and a very good response. You're getting, oh, really? He's coming on again? Oh, my God. Is he on Tech Is he on, he he is he on my us. show? He's no, on my show. He's on your sh- well, yeah. no, I'm, I'm Tech Chef. No, well, right. <laughs> you're everything. You're every show. Jim, you know what? While we're talking Apple and chips, though, have you seen the reviews for the new chip and the new, the new laptops that Apple has? and how everybody is gushing over the computing power of these, these new chips that, by the way, Apple developed on its own, having said, thank you very much, Intel, we don't need you anymore? Yeah, I mean, much fan. I, I have it. Uh, it is lightning speed. It's incredible. I feel like when I'm uh, on it, David, I feel creative because it's so fast. It's remarkable. And, 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 you know, they really did kiss Intel goodbye. I mean, this was not like, hey, you know what? That was great working with you. No, it's the opposite. Like, here's your hat. What's your hurry? Don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> but Pat Gelsinger, call him. Pat Gelsinger's going to come on the show. And all is fair in uh, war, I guess. Um, we we're all looking out. forward to that. Listen, really? uh, you know, guys, um, when it comes to... Chips, of course, a lot of them have to go into the data centers. You want a growth industry? I mean, building data centers, advising on the technology for data centers, building the communications into data centers. You know why I'm mentioning it this morning, Jim. We got two deals. Yeah, two deals. American Tower decides beer. An interesting choice by American Tower, right, to get into this business uh, with the core site transaction that you're talking about. We're talking, you know, about seven and a half billion when you don't include debt in terms of the overall equity value of the deal. And then Cyrus One, which had been for sale for quite some time, also gets a large private equity deal done, led by KKR uh, and Global Infrastructure Partners as well. That's $11.5 billion. You can see that one, there had been an expectation. Of course, you'd get a deal. As I said, it was quite some time. And 
Uh, I think Corsite had also been potentially reported on as an acquisition target as well, Jim. But yes. it does go back to sort of the, in, this is an interesting moment for data centers in general. We even heard from Cody talking about it. Of course, Vertiv has a, a role there as well. Um, and the inability to build them as quickly as they want to right now. Right. But I thought it was interesting, American Tower, somewhat boxed in, David, by antitrust. There's only two letters, Crown Castle and SPA Communications. They couldn't buy one of those. I think they didn't trust would block that. I think the idea of buying these companies, remember, these are Amazon and these are Google. Uh, when you rip into these, you just see a lot of high-performance chips uh, made by AMD, made by NVIDIA. Uh, and these are companies, frankly, that are just uh, 21st century warehouses, David. They're not much more than that. Right, right. I mean, they're talking about it bringing together American Towers, wireless connectivity, at the mobile edge and CoreSite's highly interconnected data center facilities at the core edge to create, Carl, what they say would be an extended edge. It's an extended edge now. Ah. The edge keeps moving. Yes. Got to extend that edge <laughs> uh, for their customers that can seamlessly support high performance and low latency applications. But, it, you know, that, that gets to so many of the different things that we're talking about. Lack of latency and how important that can be yep. as well. Uh, B of A's got a good uh, cloud CapEx tracker. Uh, which is now tracking 10% year-on-year, Jim. Uh, and M&A, they say, could be a big part of that in the coming year. Upside for Broadcom, AMD, and, of course, specifically NVIDIA. Well, look, I, I, inside a, uh, one of these data centers uh, is always NVIDIA because it's the fastest. The, the keynote that Jensen Wong uh, talked about, which I want to get into with him when I see him this week, is really about the notion of speed. It's the notion of we're now doing things in days that used to take months or years. And a lot of this is high-performance computing, but you can't do it without NVIDIA. I mean, a lot of what, by the way, a lot of what NVIDIA has gotten in those data centers started 20 years ago. One of the things that Jensen did was he had a 20-year view. Uh, Carl, most people in tech do not have a 20-year view, but that's always been the way Jensen's thought. So what you're seeing right now is something that he dreamed up in uh, 2001. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, and that's going to be a, uh, look at that. That's sort of that, 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 that. That screen right there is a nice snapshot of the week, given that the earnings picture, at least, Jim, will be a mix of retail and tech. We're going to get Cisco, Baba's going to be in there, and then, of course, the, the Walmarts, the Williams-Sonomas, and the Targets. This is such a big week, Carl. I, I, I think that people forget there's a lull last week, and we think we're out of earnings season. But these are the companies that are going to give you a forecast for the holiday season. And if they talk a lot about supply chain, if they talk a lot about inflation, then I think that the pressure is going to be on again on the Fed. I actually think what they're going to talk about is they have a lot of inventory and they're ready for uh, the season. Uh, David, the negativity yeah. when it comes to retail is really misplaced because we always had too many stores. We have a lot of inventory. I mean, there, there's just too many stores filled with inventory. So I'm not as, as I am less uh, Saturnite than others about the season. <laughs> We're going to go through our words again. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not lugubrious either. Uh, I do get morose occasionally, though, when I think about the lack of inventory. You know, it could be a, it could be a, a, a somewhat that triggers somewhat mournful Christmas. Yeah, do no, I don't no, know. William Sonoma is yeah. going to be on, and you're going to hear about a person, Laura Alber, who has spent a lot of time trying. Ooh, look at that stock all-time high, trying to figure out how to handle supply chain. The person who spent the most on supply chain and the reason why I'm least worried yeah. about uh, is, is Best Buy, and that's Corey Barry. Some of these people really thought about this a long time ahead. And, and those are the companies that, 
many right. times. Well, they yeah, thought about Especially it. in terms of Best Buy and what they've done and how they've been able to, to deal with it. Guys, I, Jim, I'd love to, you know, while we're on retail, I'd love to take a quick mention of uh, of Dollar Tree. Yes. Uh, gets into the activist uh, lane here, and we'll do a, there's a, a couple of news items in activism lane this morning. Dollar Tree, though, looked like it was up. Yeah, you can see it's, it's up, up almost 8%. Uh, Mantle Ridge is the name of the firm here. Paul Halal, some people may remember that name, of course. Remember CSX when he sure. installed Hunter Harrison as the CEO? It was a, kind of an unusual arrangement there in, in, in terms of how uh, the role that the activists played there and kind of some of the compensation, if I recall. Um, this stock's been uh, higher uh, than it is, well, you see there where, where it is, but it's been all over the map, traded as high as this on April, then fell, then back. There's been some rumors of an activist. Um, what this comes along with, Jim, is an expectation that Halal, and I have not spoken to him, uh, may have a new CEO in mind. Um, and people do point out that Rick Dryling, the former CEO of Dollar General, um, is on the board of Aramac, Ar- Aramark, which was one of the companies that the few companies Halal, Halal also came after, right. CSX and Aramac, Ar- Aramark, his two kind of big uh, activist forays. Um, I don't know what you think of Dryling, but uh, there is some speculation that perhaps that's what he's looking towards here as he makes his play. We'd expect that he would have been talking to management for some time as well prior to making this public. Well, Dollar Tree never really recovered uh, from Family Dollar, and they have a new CEO. I'd like to see him get a bit of a chance. But if you overlay Dollar Tree over a five-year period over Dollar General, you're going to see that Dollar General is remarkably well run. And Dollar Tree is fits and starts. So I think this makes plenty of sense as a uh, as what to go after. Look at that disparity. I mean, they're kind of in the same dollar game. You know, dollar? Yeah. David, when you go to Dollar General wow. versus Dollar Tree, aren't you struck by how Dollar Tree has a lot of merchandise <laughs> that you think should be worth like 3 or $4? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I always, always. I got 10 pairs of Dollar Tree sunglasses for the price of a half of a Ray-Ban. <laughs> no kidding. Ten yeah, for half of a, a monocle yeah. Ray-Ban. All right. Be careful, though. Make sure the UV is proper on those on those sunglasses because What's that's important. You know, What's you UV? want the UV. You know, you, well, that's the whole idea, right? That's the whole point of having sunglasses. Protect your I, eyes. I look, I, I, I look like, uh, I don't know, like uh, Brad Pitt when I wear the Dollar Tree. Oh, you do. It's true. You it's do. all about this. It's all about looks, Carl. I've heard it's that not from about a lot UV. of people. On activism, guys, we should also point out Duke Energy not doing much, but Elliott has been there for a long time. They had a very nasty letter last July. Uh, Duke can meaningfully improve operations and execution, and questions remain as to whether current Duke leadership is capable of maximizing the value of and should continue to manage its businesses outside of its core Carolina's footprint. It went on from there. Um, But they reach a settlement. Uh, They get one board member, and they agree to one other one. Uh, so that's sort of off the boards for now, Jim. Well, Carl, watch me get David mad. The most exciting deal today, David, was Casper the Unfriendly Stock. Mm. Casper Sleep. Mm. I know it probably mm-hmm. didn't hit your radar screen because it's almost it mini school. But, the, but David, this it was is. a company that came public with high hopes. And now well, it's being acquired. It was a SPAC acquired. deal. It was a SPAC deal. Yeah. And this just Remember? shows you the kind of... Uh, Did nothing but go down. The now kind of high quality. Off of the lows. Yeah. Hot quality well, <laughs> and, and speaking of relatively new entrants uh, to the public markets, Jim, Oatly uh, down 20% this morning. Uh, yeah. Kind of follows in the wake of Beyond Meats uh, blow up last week. 
Oh, that was so horrible. But the, net, the one that is really surprising me is Vita. Vita. Uh, Vita Coco, which I just love. Uh, I got to have a Vita Coco after the show. And it got, a, it got every single company that wrote about it loved it. This is Coco, like Chanel, and it is really roaring. Um, speaking of SPAC deals, guys, WeWork reported its uh, first quarter as a oh, yeah. fully public company. I don't know if you saw that. Um, somebody who's been focused on it did point out to me, occupancy is going up. It's going the right way. But it's interesting. When they uh, put out their projections for what things would look like once they de they actually told people, we'd have, by the end of the year, we expect 74% physical occupancy. By the way, this is a lot higher, let's point out, than a lot of office buildings that are out there right now. Yeah. Um, they're at 59% right now, and it went up 300 basis points from September to October. So a decent move up, but it's hard to imagine they're going to get to 74%, which, by the way, is not in their current presentation that came along with the current quarter. It was in their presentation from October 6th on their investor day, Jim. But you don't see the 74% estimate now for occupancy at the end of 2021 any longer. Um, not sure if that means it's no longer the guidance that they're providing. But they got a long way to go in a short amount of time if they're going to get there. Well, David, if you come out here, I, I think there's the central office in San Francisco seems to have just gone away. The uh, only person walking now yesterday, Sunday, obviously, but there's just not a lot of people working in central offices out here. And, Carl, this is a different world out here. I think that it's also very uh, much more like when... Uh, when you talk to Dr. Gottlieb, this area acts as if it's one of the greatest areas that COVID's striking, but it really isn't. But I think downtown here has just kind of been abandoned. It's really incredible. Well, uh, New York City has the um, lowest positivity of the entire state, uh, thanks in part to our, our good vaccination rates. We are paying attention, though, to the decline in cases, which has flattened out a little bit, yeah. in addition to the concerns that the Germans have and now the Austrians as they initiate some new lockdowns for the unvaccinated in this yep, case. Yep, there's some vaccine resistance in Germany as well. Um, I mean, at some point, though, caseloads and, ho- you know, we have to keep an eye on hospitalizations because there are breakthrough cases, but most often, thankfully, they don't lead to serious outcomes uh, if you've been vaccinated. If you haven't, Carl, it's a, it's a different scenario. Um, but there are many who say let's, it's, it's, it's never going away. It's going to be in the background, including Gottlieb, and we do need to move move ahead um, with all precaution taken, but nonetheless sort of move ahead. But, Jim, when it comes to people going back to the office, we've talked about this endlessly. They're not going to be going back five days a week, not going back no. four days a week. Maybe you get them back three days a week. But in places like San Francisco or at least some other parts in California where I think they still are mandating mask wearing in the office itself, um, even when you're sitting, that's not a great incentive to want to go in. No. Uh, that's why I'm watching Cisco this week, because Cisco does well in a hybrid environment. Also, Palo Alto, they do well in a hybrid environment. Uh, Williams-Sonoma does well in a, in a hybrid environment in order to be able to make it so that your house is uh, uh, more of an office. These are the companies that we thought these, this was over, Carl. We thought that this whole thing about using tractor supply and making your place better in the country was over. And it's the opposite. Now, I think there's a lot of people who are saying, you know what, I'll resign. If I can't get my way and the great resignation is all over the place, people just keep resigning. What are they doing? What do you uh, yeah. do? Four point four, four point four million of them uh, last what month. What are you alone. doing, Carl? 
I mean, they, like, what, what are they do? What, what are they watching? They read, what, what, what are they doing? Yeah, there's a good breakdown of it from Goldman over the weekend, uh, largely because of non-economic reasons, uh, child care, um, not so much the unemployment benefits, but other non-economic reasons. Overall, this morning, Dow's up 100. Most sectors are green. Tesla below 1,000. Uh, let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Slow march upward continues. Just a couple of real down days, really, in the last few weeks. So essentially, we're at new highs. Not quite, but big cap, small cap, mid cap technology. It doesn't matter. We're all sitting right near new highs. It's really unprecedented moves up this year. Take a look at the sectors today. Uh, retail is a hot story ever since Dillard's a, a, a few days ago, but it's really been hot the whole month of November. Banks holding up well. Tech's doing well because semiconductors are still doing really well. We've got Teradyne at a new high. Qualcomm's up. All of the semiconductors have been the leadership group in tech this, uh, this month. Healthcare is the laggard. Uh, um, S&P is up nicely this month. Healthcare is actually down for the month, so that's been a bit of a laggard for the last several weeks. You want to look, talk about supply chain issues inflation. Tyson's a good one to look at. Uh, Tyson had very decent numbers, but they did have uh, volumes down. They had significant cost uh, pressures on them for protein. But the important thing is they were able to raise prices. So look at this. Tyson is up despite what they were saying about uh, the supply chain and the cost issues. And here's what they actually said. We will remain disciplined in our pricing initiatives to ensure additional inflationary pressures are passed through to customers. That's the key phrase. While also working diligently to deliver productivity savings to reduce costs. They've got a new productivity program uh, that they're launching. But the bottom line is they're telling you we're passing on the cost to the consumers successfully so far. Their operating margin still 7 to 9%. So this is really what's been able to happen. We are in the middle of all of these concerns about labor shortages and supply chain issues. We are printing a record number for third quarter estimates. $53.59 for the third quarter. Never had that number before. Higher than even the second quarter. The fourth quarter is lower. You see the estimate, but they're probably going to raise that. The analysts, again, just underestimating. They've been doing this for a year underestimating what the real numbers are be that fourth quarter number at $51 that'll probably be I don't know 54 55 if the trend normal trend continues from what we've been seeing that's the key story right now and the margins remain near a record that's the other big story so companies not only revenues are going up but they're able to get to the bottom line more efficiently save money so 13.2% is the margin, the operating margin for the S&P 500. Second quarter was 13.5. That was the record, 13. The historic averages here are 8, 9%. They've been higher in the last several years, and they're maintaining it. And this is why the stock market keeps holding up so well. As for the rest of the earnings season, well, it's basically over. But the key story here is the retailers have done really well since the start of November. Now, they got a big boost last week. Dillard's just had phenomenal numbers. I mean, the comp store sales were up 48 percent. Wow. I mean, we were talking, I don't know, 25 percent. It was double what anybody estimated. So everybody started raising the estimates immediately on some of these retailers. I'm just putting up the department stores here. But other parts of it uh, were doing very well. So the XRT is what you want to look at. This is an equal weighted retail index. That's why I like it. It's equal weighted. And you're sitting at an historic high here for that particular one. We'll see what those numbers are, Carl, uh, this week. But if Dillard's is any indication, uh, they're going to surprise very much to the upside. Back to you. All right, Bob. We'll see in a little bit, uh, Bob Pisani. As we go to break, take a look at Treasuries today. We are going to get a fair amount of macro over the course of the week. Retail sales tomorrow, housing starts on Wednesday, Philly Fed Thursday. You got yields pretty much higher across the board as the long bond once again approaches 2%. We'll be right back.
take a look at oil. Um, right back to 79 and a half. We got more jawboning from the administration today about gas prices. The energy secretary saying they're looking at the lo- limited tools they have uh, to help ease uh, the energy crunch. Brent, of course, uh, still at 81. You can get in, on, by the way, on the new CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Sign up and find more at uh, CNBC.com slash investing club or just use the QR code on your screen. We're back in just a moment. It's time for Jim and a West Coast edition to stop trading. One of the best performing stocks over the last couple of years is CrowdStrike, Carl, which is a native, cloud native uh, cybersecurity company. And Morgan Stanley started with a sell, which is highly unusual. Now, Palo Alto has been gunning for them, but they're saying this, this part of the market has gotten crowded. Very rare to see a sell. There's so much uh, good cheer going on in the market. But when you see one, boy, people really flee. And I think that's an interesting uh, idea to maybe sell CrowdStrike. It is crowded in that particular segment. Yeah. I'm watching Splunk today, too, down about 13 as the CEO leaves, Jim. Uh, what's on Matt yes, tonight? That, that's unbelievable because Splunk is, was featured very prominently in the, in the uh, incredible keynote uh, of Jensen. So we got to spend more time on that one. I'm working on that later today. It's big. It's really big because Doug's been on the show a million times, Doug Murray. And then you got Levchin, uh, Lawson, Worth, and 5.9 today. Yeah, I mean, look, these are companies that are on the move. Uh, Twilio down, unfortunately, because I think it's great. Five nine up. Chevron, best acting oil company of the large ones, and then a firm has been the star of the show. And then we're so tell us what you're going to do on Tech Check. You'll be there with D, right? Uh, I just want, I'm, I'm a supporting player, uh, hoping to be able to help with some insights. I cannot wait to be on that show. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to come out here because you know how much I think checking Tech Check has changed the morning, the whole day for it. I think it's just such a good show that I'm proud to be on it. Uh, we can't wait to have you, Jim. We'll see Thank you in a little bit. Uh, Jim Cramer out at One Market this morning. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.